Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 10. I am enjoying the fact that I don't have to convince anyone of jack shit and being myself and being free in and of myself is the only thing I ever have to do and actually striving to change other people or get people to view life the way I view it is only creating further division between myself and reality and not allowing myself to be fully free in and of myself, which is the thing that I'm trying to express to other people. So is that reality of trying to convince other people to change really the reality I want to exist within that is no longer free as I'm trying to express freedom? Or is it enough to just be free in and of myself? I'm almost hesitant to speak because I don't want to cause a divisive ripple. But I think there's no possibility of avoiding it. On the other hand, I think it's important to recognize when we're doing so unconsciously or out of habit. I think it's another thing to be in the mix, dancing with it, aware of the repercussions of every dualistic concept and word that you're using but forming them into a complete whole that almost contradicts them in itself. It's kind of like dualistic unity. This conversation is really about just being in reality, present as yourself, not overcomplicating it with illusions or doubts or things that don't really exist outside of your brain's tendency to make assumptions. And yet, we would be classified by many people to be a philosophy podcast or a spirituality podcast or a self-help podcast, all of which are kind of true, none of which are really true, right? It's just what it is. And so I think that's it. Embrace what you are. Sometimes you're going to go overboard. Sometimes you're not. And then you're going to learn a little bit about what it means to go overboard and what it means to not. And you're going to realize that you can never walk so carefully that you never upset someone, but that you can walk at least carefully because you recognize how easy it has been to upset you in the past. So out of consideration rather than in control. That all said, please enjoy this live stream. That is Dualist Community Raw, episode 10. Right. Good morning. Morning. Crazy. It's Boxing Day. Ah, I feel chatty. I got to say. Just because, you know, Christmas, holy crap, Christmas. Wow. What did you do over the weekend? Got to ask first. Um, my, so my family's out here. Uh, we skied on, on Saturday, Christmas Eve, and then went to mass Christmas Eve night. That's what we've always done. And though I, I, I was saying it last week that I don't mind going to mass because there's always like I hear more, but Christmas mass is the same fucking shit every single year. It's literally verbatim and it's like no one even pays attention. And each year, the last probably three years, I've paid closer and closer attention to this year. I had to bite my tongue so many times because I I did start laughing a couple times when he when the priest was like, uh, 
talking about the second coming of of Jesus Christ or whatever, I raised my hand and I was I whispered to my brother, I'm like, I'm right here. And just like all that's and and like the uh there's one creed starts with the A and then the Nicene Creed gets read by everyone. And I was like, I don't I don't say anything, you know, I don't I don't say amen, I don't sing any of the songs. I just kind of sit there uh interested but also like freak the fuck out and like the people there talk about cults and whatnot and it's like they're not even considering what's being said they're just saying it like there's no consideration there's no questioning of it whatsoever of the story of the validity of you know just the the whole bethlehem in a manger story like why doesn't anyone question any of well i know why but it's crazy that there's no thought or or questioning whatsoever and every time i bring that up the absurdity of it i get met with well it's their belief why do you care so much let them believe that i want to believe and it's like there's so many things that this leads to in our society that is so fucked up and this is this type of thing is the root of it. But anyway, it was it was a very interesting time. And I don't know if I'm going next year or else if I go, I might say some shit. That's so. it, right? Like that's the whole point. They're like, well, what's yeah. what's the problem? You know, when they believe what they believe. Fine. Let's see if there's a repercussion. Jesus wasn't real. And just watch the room explode. Right? Like that's the whole point. It's like, okay fine if everybody's allowed to believe what they believe then i'm allowed not to believe and this conversation is totally valid anywhere i go because anywhere i go i'll run into a christian who's going to tell me about you know the loving grace of jesus christ the one and only son of god right but somehow me saying yeah you know blow it out your ass that's not that's not reasonable you know because i don't i'm not being sensitive to their beliefs and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation to have because it really is a conversation about empathy on one hand, on one hand, and recognizing your audience on another, because it really is about the fact that, how do I put this? A small group of people who believe a certain thing, that's easy to address because you can just go and talk to that small group. And they'll go, and some of them will go, oh, okay, well, fair enough. Sometimes you can walk people out of their illusions, which is fine. But two, two and a half billion people all practicing a certain belief. Yeah, you keep your head down. You keep your head down, especially when they have a history of burning people at the stake, right? Or waging war on anybody who doesn't agree with them in the name of God. And so you keep your audience in mind and, and you have conversations where you can. And that's why you don't you know, speak out in the middle of mass and say, you know, Jesus wouldn't have liked any of this. I just want to say you with the robe, you know, his problem with, would have been with you the most, right? Like you don't say that despite the fact they would be completely fitting. And you don't say that because they are still a mob of 2 billion people. yeah oh man um here one sec let me uh i didn't get the uh 
on Instagram live yet. I want to toss that on there so we get a couple more people. Um, but there we go. Um, that that yeah. all said, I just want to mention I have no problem with Christmas to everybody who's watching. I rather like Christmas. I really do. It's Christianity that that has some underlying issues. That's really all. That's all. There's some really nice messages in Christianity for sure that mostly get undercut by identifying with Christianity. I, I think that's really the only problem. It's not like the Bible has no no use and no insight. It's that it all gets undercut when you start attaching to it and calling yourself a certain thing and fictionalizing God as a concept. All of a sudden, there's all of this distortion and you lack ears to hear. And that's when it all goes sideways. And so it's just really important to keep that in mind. It's not that Christianity has nothing of value. It's the practice of Christianity that is unfortunately toxic. Yeah, someone <clears throat> responded uh, or DM me uh, a couple days ago talking about, I forget exactly what they said, but it was something about why do you have such an issue with you know, Christianity, blah, blah, blah. And I responded something like that. It's not that everything about it is wrong. Like, and I, I said something like even a broken clock is right twice a day. You know, there's still insights in there. There's still things to learn, but doesn't mean that it isn't overall pretty fucked. And if you actually look into it, like, yeah, there's just so many things about it. But going back to the to the mass part, oh, I would love to just if I did call some stuff out, it will first. Oh, man, there's so many parts of it, too, that I want to try just to see the response, like go in in gym clothes to it. Like, that's another thing, because everyone's dressed up super well. And yeah, it's I like, do that. <laughs> oh uh, there's so many things it's just like oh you're looking at such... my church clothes right here <laughs> uh, but that's fascinating right like jesus was basically homeless and everyone's going there in like super nice attire like where did that where did that come from that you have to dress up for mass that'd be europe right because it largely religion was looked at well again religion and the monarchy were deeply tied together right and eventually capitalism got in there as well and so it wasn't necessarily about you and god so much as going to the best church in the best attire and meeting the highest bishops or, or the highest archbishops or, or anything like that like it really was just about well what it always is hierarchy and ego and ego right so yeah, it's just kind of funny that it's still like that. It's like, oh, you're going to church? Gotta dress respectfully. I thought we were going about God. Isn't this talking about God? God doesn't give a shit what I wore. I know he sent me here naked. Yeah, right. Oh, it's just so many parts to it were just so interesting and how it just goes completely unquestioned. Just fascinates me. And then I was talking about it after with some people and about how uh you know the the virgin birth story it's like that's that's pretty funny right that that it's just like oh yeah that's what happened the holy spirit came in and impregnated her and it's like that's exactly how it went 
perfectly nothing weird about that it's like that's that's wild that's Uh, that's really wow really cool (laughs) joseph's just like oh yeah i'm super chill with that yeah my wife just gets pregnant and we haven't had sex like oh sure it's like oh yeah that totally makes sense it's like why why isn't that i keep saying angel visited him right like he got the message like you know it's it's not your son it's the something the whole thing is just really convenient at the end of the day and that's why nobody would would dare try it nowadays nobody would be like uh so i'm pregnant right with who there wouldn't be oh it must be god nobody would believe that yeah right like that whole idea too of like the angel came to joseph and told joseph that you know god is gonna be bear or your wife's gonna bear a son who is god it's like he just wrecked it it's fascinating how well how great of a job they've done of creating a story that doesn't allow for anyone to recognize their own true potential their own ability to recognize that they are god no differently than jesus did and that's all he was ever doing like recognizing that your god is available to anyone just like jesus did but they've created this whole story that it was like he was coming and and he, she bore the son and it was an immaculate conception and all of these things that get in the way of the recognition that you can recognize that too like they oh, they've done such a good job like it, it's pretty like well you yeah. weren't born under a special star and three random people didn't show up with gifts right <laughs> who are you yeah like this whole narrative and story it's like it's pretty impressive to to be able to brainwash so many people and take advantage of their fear is it brainwashing if they want to believe ah yeah i guess it's kind of just like they kind of wrote they're riding it with them They're, they're not forcing them into anything but they're kind of taking the fear of uncertainty and just dropping some stories in there like yeah and so attaching i guess it, themselves is important yeah. it's like well we know you're going to cling to this because you're afraid did we mention how important we are in this whole thing got to treat us with respect we got to have buildings and robes right and that's the whole thing is that we know we're going to be afraid and there's almost this habitual story or this habitual tendency to reach for a story. And so they made a really shiny one. And it is, it's shiny. And I want to say to anybody who's listening to this, who's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You were never Christian. I grew up Christian. I know how beautiful the story is. I get it. I also get how simplistic it is and superficial. But it's a beautiful story. But the only child of a disconnected deity that we can never understand coming to earth and recognizing that he's the child of that deity and essentially creating a ripple in mankind and giving his life for the purpose of helping us free ourselves. It's a great story. I I love it. I wish it was that simple. And I wish that the character of that story 
thought it was that simple too. But from everything I've read, I don't think that's the case. I think that if he existed as we perceive him to have, his view of things was, was much more nuanced. I think that he understood that there was no way, there was no way for this to turn around in a single lifetime in the same way that there's no way for us to evolve so long as we realize, so long as we believe we're individuals and separate. I think that was the whole point he was trying to get across. It was just the same thing that we're talking about right here is that it's the recognition that there's no division. It's the recognition that when you let go of the devil, the adversary, the illusion of you that's constantly draining your attention and your life and your awareness and your ability to align with reality. I think that when you surrender that and you're left just with yourself, there's nothing but the recognition that we're all you, not you, the body, but you, the awareness that's perceiving through that body, because there's a very different experience between Thinking about yourself and existing like that versus not, not thinking about yourself and existing in still a flow of perception and thought, but not one that you're attached to in any, in any personal way. You're not the creator of that thought so much as just a participant of it, right? Or the expression of it. And you start to recognize that everybody else around you is experiencing a very similar flow when they're not thinking about themselves or to certain degrees based on how much they're thinking about themselves, it gets very complex. The point being is that there's a lot more to this concept of God than Christianity tends to look at, especially when talking about Jesus. It's like, no, it was just him. And he actually says, what I do, you can do. And more, that's the part that gets me, and more. Huh, okay. Even if you take all of the virgin birth stuff out, even if you take away the resurrection, even if you take away the miracles, even if you take away the magic tricks, walking on water, water to wine, all that, all of that. Let's just take, let's just say you take away all of that. And all you're left with is the ability to be a person on the planet who sees everyone with love and compassion. How is that not worthy of aspiring to? Like, why do we have to look up to Jesus as the only child of God as, instead of just looking at him as an incredible human being who worked really hard to see other people as himself? That's insane. That's, in, that's incredible to the point where he's walking around, hanging with people that everybody else would be afraid of. And he's like, no, well, I mean, who else needs the attention other than them? Like, I think that's the whole point. I think Christians look to Jesus for almost the worst reasons, you know, in the same way that, like, it'd be like if people were um, worshiping Superman for all of his superpowers, as opposed to the fact that he never uses them to hurt others or benefit himself, right? Like, it's just, it's the funniest thing in terms of looking at Christianity in the most superficial way. <laughs> It really is. It really is. <clears throat> the just lack of understanding of what he was actually talking about is fascinating because they don't actually care. People or you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm generalizing again, but 
vast majority of people don't give a fuck what Jesus said or what's said at church or any of the messages. They're just checking their box. That's all they're doing. It's like they're they're not even paying attention to it. And even those, even if it's not the box of getting to heaven because they don't think that any, anymore, it's still a box of feeling good about yourself for doing some dumbass bullshit. Like, I don't mean to get too aggressive here, but there's so many better ways to spend your time than sitting in church listening to a robed guy say the same fucking shit that he's said every single year on end. Like, I don't know, go to a soup kitchen or something. Talk to a homeless person about how their day's going. Go give them a give them a meal. Something. There's just so many better ways to spend your time than in a in a match. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh sign 316. What what is that quote again? I don't even remember. So there are so many sporting events, or if you watch wrestling, that's another good one for sure. Um, I've seen it at a couple of UFC events too. But basically, there's always some dude, if not a few, holding up a sign that just says John 316 <laughs> for no good reason. Because John 316 is um basically that uh, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That's the line, right? And so God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And everybody's like, oh, there's Jesus saying he's the only son of God. But he stops talking at 315. Nobody ever talks about that. But the point is you're at a sporting event cheering for your team and you're like, Jesus, Jesus. And there's no relevancy whatsoever. Jesus isn't on the team. He's not playing. And he doesn't give a shit about the game at the end of the day because he loves everybody on both sides. He doesn't even see sides. Like, this is the point is that we miss all of this. And yet we're just John 316. God, I love that. Yeah. And related to sports as well. Like after someone wins a game or something, they're like, I just want to just want to thank God for watching over. And it's like the amount of fucking egotistic egotistical nonsense that is involved in that statement is fucking nuts to think that God has preference over you. Like it, it's crazy to think that God, like God bless America and that whole thing that God given the history and the beginnings of the United States of America, like it's probably one of God's on, on God's naughty list to say the least, especially with just our collective society uh, if if there was a judgmental God, I don't think you'd be a very big fan of the United States of America. And then to go beyond that and to think that he's helped you win a game like the cognitive dissonance is gnarly in statements like that, like to go that far to think that God has preference over you is just Oh, it's it's wild. But I say something like that. We're like, what? It's their belief. Well, what? It's like it's fucking stupid as shit and absurd and selfish and egotistical. And it, God damn, it's so crazy that that it's just like, oh, you can't even talk about that. You can't even you can't even question that because that's what they believe. Just let them believe. Fuck off. 
<laughs> okay, so I just want to say to anybody who's listening who, who tends to be Christian, we're not saying that you by any means are stupid for any of your beliefs whatsoever. It's more or less just talking about the underlying problem, I guess. Is that it's like the expression that philosophy is the disease for which it should be the cure. Religion is very much kind of the same thing in that it's the identification as a group and the belief in something outside yourself. And the identification is something below whatever it is that you believe in, that division that you perceive that creates a lot of the toxicity that, that, that we're suffering through. I mean, it's created numerous crusades and, and you know, a thousand plus years of war, as well as ongoing judgment and ongoing bigotry and ongoing infighting, even in the religion itself. And, and it's because it's an egotistical belief structure at the end of the day. Belief is like that as a whole. It's not Christian. Okay, so this is something we should probably mention too as a quick caveat. We're not just talking about Christianity at all. We're talking about any belief that has the same foundational division, the same foundational distortion that you and God are separate, and that through believing in this idea of God, you are somehow guaranteeing some connection or guaranteeing some alignment with it, whereas what we're saying is that that very foundation of you are separate from God and there's got to be belief in that concept. That very concept itself is separating you from the experience of the God that you're trying to align with. That belief itself is actually taking you farther from. So it's not just Christianity. We talk about Christianity, I think, more often because we're both ex-Christian, primarily. And I think because also in North America, there's a lot of Christians and we're both in North America, albeit in different ends. So I think that's why we tend to talk about Christianity more than say uh, Islam or, or Judaism. The other thing I, I wanted to mention is that there's a reason I don't discuss Judaism to the same degree because Judaism's way deeper in terms of their understanding of the Old Testament, their interpretation of the Old Testament, even the language that communicates the Old Testament. Like there's a whole other thing happening in Judaism that, that is really cool, has the same foundational problems, but it is a deeper look at at least the lore that goes with Abrahamic religions, right? It's kind of like um, Hinduism, for example, has a great deal of depth compared to most other religions. Like there's a lot of depth in Hinduism. And it's because they're always expanding their nuance. Well, they're not always, it's the same basic tenets, but that's the point is that it's all nuance. Like there's nothing but Brahman and all the gods that are all Brahman, which is a really, really interesting way of looking at things. And that's why there's so many different works in terms of Hinduism. But anyway, that's the point is if you're angry that we keep picking on Christianity, it's not Christianity, it's pretty much belief as a whole. So I've probably made more people upset by saying that. Well, no, I appreciate you uh, caveat or explaining all of that because anyone who's new just thinks we're just shitting on Christianity and it's like, that's not it at all. Because a lot of people do that without recognizing what the root actually is. They see the surface level issues with you know Christianity or a single belief system, and then they get caught up in 
another belief system thinking that that's the answer. And it's like, no belief system is going to get you there. And so the foundational recognition being that you're God itself, I've been more aware of, of that. And just like, we've talked about the strategy of, of getting that message across and talking about it. And I think questioning your, your reality is a, a foundational aspect of that. Like constantly questioning things will eventually lead you to a place where it's like, Oh, there isn't much left besides that recognition. So I've been having some conversations, especially after that mask. Cause I was just like, I was all <laughs> kind of riled up. Um, and I was thinking about it from the point of view of God talking to itself. And I find it very interesting in our current society, how, because of the discomfort that comes with questioning or having certain difficult conversations, we've actually gotten to a place where the collective ego has been able to say things like can't talk about religion or politics in mixed company, because that's what leads to some deeper recognitions. But as long as people just believe what they want to believe and no one can ever fucking question it or talk about it or anything, then everything stays the same. No one evolves. So I pretty often question things, talk about things, have no issues, bring things up and even saying very basic things. Like I was got a, I was making fun of the virgin birth story the other night and I, I thought I was being funny and I get a response like, why do you care so much? Like, why do you care? Just it's their belief, like whatever. And and that whole mindset of just just stop, just stop talking about it is what allows for the collective ego and the perception of division, everything. It's the core issues with the current society that we function as. It's it's like as soon as you question that, there's a visceral response. People get uncomfortable and they're like, stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Just, just let we're comfortable the way things are like, just stop. And it, so I just find it fascinating with, you know, cancel culture or having the conversations or whatever. There's this push against allowing for conversations. But if, if you can recognize that you're God, you are what is always talking to yourself. It's not that you need conversation, but it's a vital, very important aspect of sharing this recognition and going beyond the perception of division. But so often when you're, when you're looking to have a conversation about something deeper, you're met with a lot of discomfort and a lot of pushback point. Like how else am I supposed to talk to myself about it? if I can't talk about it. So I just find that very interesting that as a collective and, you know, in smaller groups, there's so much discomfort and pushback to just questioning anything that's not, you know, the surface level bullshit that we talk about day to day. Yeah. Well, and this is why you have to, uh, I guess, gain some sensitivity and learn that it's just really about being it, right? Like, you don't have to be questioning Christianity in a room full of Christians. You can just be Christ-like. And it basically does all the work for you in terms of them feeling uncomfortable. I know that was the one thing that used to entertain me about going to church. And as I was saying, you know, this would be my church clothes. 
as it were. And that's exactly where it starts. All of a sudden the looks begin of why is that guy coming to church dressed like that? Right. And that's where the fun begins because you just keep having a good time, not giving a shit about any of that. Because again, you know, you're there, if anything, to honor whoever Jesus may have been, the impact that he left, maybe the insights he left behind. You're certainly not there to worship, right? Because that would be defeating the purpose of recognizing that we are all the same I, right? And so, yeah, it's kind of fun that way. Um, we have a question and I want to address it because I think it's important. Um, okay. Uh, I find it interesting that you talk about conscious topics, yet you have a commercial endorsement on your stream. It's hypocritical. How do you expect them to make an impact? Okay, no, uh, that's a different response. Okay, so it's hypocritical. So I wanted to address the first thing. I'm not sure how that's hypocritical because you're not expected to buy anything, nor are you expected to click on it. If you'd like to, there are other platforms that this is streaming on, like Twitter, uh, where you won't see that advertisement. So there are options for you. Um, that all said, we really try not to um, endorse products on the show itself. We really go out of our way not to be selling products to you on the show, but that doesn't mean that advertisements aren't going to play from time to time, because in all honesty, in order for us to do this full time, we need to make some kind of an income. But that said, we also want to mention that the income that comes in for us has a certain limit. And after that goes towards the community, it goes towards promoting the discussion, it goes towards involvement in other projects that are ultimately more aligned with what we're talking about. And so there is no reason to pit yourself against the system because it's not going to do anything. You live within this system and it's going to continue to go until it grinds to a halt. And I'm all for that day. I'm not saying I'm not. But in the meantime, as we do have to find a way to do this more often, so this can be a sustained effort in general, we're going to take advantage of the system as it is. We're going to take advantage of those ads and, and we appreciate everybody who helps us in terms of, of monetary support. I have no problem mentioning the fact that we have to use and interact with money. And you can say, well, no, we don't. And, and I encourage you to go on that journey because that's going to help us. And I know I've been a part of that journey for a very long time in, in terms of minimalism, in terms of encouraging trade, in terms of encouraging community involvement. I get it. I do but the system's still here. And if we can use that system against itself, if we can use advertising revenue that doesn't require you to buy anything or click or do anything at all, except maybe be a little patient as it, as it goes by, and we can use that towards the betterment of all of us, why shouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? I mean, that's just a strategic resource at our disposal. And Twitch particularly offers that resource as well as, as YouTube Live, our Patreon supporters help us all the time because they understand that this is not going to continue to spread unless we put our attention and our resources into it. And so that's, the, that's what we're doing to the best of our ability. But I do want to say that it's certainly not all for, for individual gain because neither Andrew or myself really want to do anything more than sustain our lives. Like 
at the end of the day, we're doing this and putting as much time into it, into it as possible because we want to see a bigger ripple, which includes the revenue that we'll generate from this as we continue to grow, as the community continues to grow, and as advertisers continue to try and take advantage of us, despite the fact that we're encouraging a mentality that we'll know, yeah, I don't really need to take advantage of that offer because it's bullshit and I don't need it because I'm not lacking. So the ads may show up, but we have faith in you and your ability to discern what you need and what you don't. Yeah, I think I think that's what it a lot of it comes down to is that if you're actually listening to the live stream or listening to any of the episodes that may have an advertisement mixed in there, you'll very easily ignore it and and understand that the power within yourself to discern, you know, you don't have to be a pawn in this game. You can be a, be a player to a degree and you don't have to take everything so seriously and expect everyone to abide by your preferences. I think that's a that's a very important understanding that uh your idea of the way things are, the way things should be and your opinion about that isn't, you know, necessarily the objective truth. And so, yeah, the reality is that you know, if we could not do any ads and not charge anyone for any workshop we ever did, or, you know, retreats were free, everything was free all the time, like, that would be cool if we could, but they're like the reality of things. And it's great. You can go into like, oh, I ascended to 5D and I don't, I don't need money anymore. It's like, all right, let's see how long that lasts you. So we're trying to, we're doing our best. We really are to make the least amount of impact in terms of people's ability to get this message or, or receive the message not that we're sending any message you know what i'm saying um we're doing our best to have the minimum amount of friction between that and you know what's out there so we're not overloading things with ads we don't do brand deals we're doing the the minimum possible <laughs> so if if you can't handle a little ad on Twitch, as Ray said, there's other platforms you can go to. You can listen to this. We post this as a podcast episode after the fact. Go listen to it there. But we we have a lot of faith in our listeners and the people who follow Dualist Community in their ability to discern. And so if that's a fault on us that that we don't think people have enough power within themselves to discern between something that's being posted and and their idea of what they need or, or don't need, then you know, I guess blame us. But as we said, we're, we're trying to make the, the minimum impact and friction between it. But, you know, we quit our jobs to have this discussion for a few hours every single day, having group chats, all that stuff. And so the reality is that, you know, food costs money, rent costs money. So there's got to be ways of getting it. And we're doing our best to do those things with having the least amount of external impact on everyone else's lives. So yeah, that's, that's kind of all I got to say. about it. Yeah, pretty much. And there was a response that, uh, they're using you. And I'd like to say the opposite. I'd like to say we're using them because we're encouraging a responsible 
and aware audience. That's the whole point. And if they're helping finance our efforts to do so, I'd say we're using them because everything we're going to do is going to undermine what makes them more profitable. Encouraging awareness kind of undermines capitalism to a very large degree. It supports minimalism, as we discussed with Lisa Ann in, in the previous episode. There's so much that goes with the changing mentality. And again, if you're going to go through life thinking that anything conscious won't have ads attached to it, you're going to limit how much exposure you have to a great many insights. There are insights in commercials. If you can just separate the bullshit, if you can just separate what they're trying to attract you with, there are insights everywhere. So I don't necessarily have that bias against commercials. I did at one point, I shared this sentiment. I get it, I do. But if we're going to ever say, have the ability to put a giant billboard in Times Square that repeats the words, you are God, we are one, I am you, for several months, for example, we don't wanna to have to ask our, our audience to give us that money in terms of support on Patreon or as a donation. We don't want to have to reach out to people and say, hey, we have another idea. We would love to be able to fund this because we're all struggling. We're all going through things. Instead, it makes more sense to me to use the unfortunate system that's there. And we do limit the, the type of ads that are displayed depending on the platform and our ability to do so. So there are certain things that we don't support, for example, like alcohol and firearms and pharmaceuticals. Those ads in any platform that we have the ability to limit them, we do, including politics. We really do try and limit all of that where we can because we don't wanna support those things at all. But that all said, you can't get away from the world as it is right now. But just like you can't get away from the ego as it is right now, you can entice it with freedom. You can entice it with the idea of, of not feeling so suffocated by itself. And so the ego will actually start to work against itself if you can help yourself along that way. And in the same way, we're going to use capitalism against itself. In the same way, we're going to use this system that wants to profit off of people's attention on this conversation by really encouraging that attention to expand so that way they know not to invest in the things that those companies are trying to profit with. It's a fun loop. So yeah, I'd like to disagree that we're using them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, even, even just the idea of, <clears throat> that we're having a, a conscious conversation and therefore, you know, shouldn't use ads. Like, again, it's just your idea of consciousness or of, of a conscious discussion. Like you are consciousness. There's not conscious discussions. Like I get what you mean by it, but like every discussion is consciousness interacting with itself. So if you have an idea of consciousness that you're holding on to that, acts in certain ways and has preferences and there's a right way to be conscious and a wrong way to be conscious. Like you're missing it. You're missing it. So that's, I, I it looked like they might've left based they on did. their last couple. They, they so. did leave because I mean, yeah. that's, that's the whole point is they have conscious things to spread despite not having the resources to do so. Uh, yeah. That's uh, funny. Funny stuff. It's, it's a kick in the teeth. I get it. I really do. I understand. I struggled with this for the longest time. And this was the entire point of trying to build something where the system actually 
after a certain point starts feeding us for its own reasons while undermining it. See, I, I love the symbolism for that. I really do. It took me a long time to get to that point because I'm like, nope, we got to get to the point where we can do this without capitalism. But we still have a lot of evolving to do. We still have a lot of growth to go through. We're still too busy judging one another for not being conscious enough to really come together and make an impact. And that's very much the point, right? And so until we're past that, we have to do this as best we can. We have to do this as best we can. And sometimes that's taking advantage of a system that you wish wasn't there, right? Sometimes it's doing a job that you don't want. Sometimes it's taking a job that you don't like and going through it because the alternative is, I don't know, sacrificing your integrity to some degree. And, and I get that sucks too. I do. But setting yourself back farther sucks just as much. And I know, like I've held out for you know my dream job before and it made things super hard in the long term where i could have just taken a job that you know wasn't my dream job and and made it an opportunity to learn about myself i didn't do that i resisted i'm like ah, i deserve better and, and that's not untrue but there might be a time period between you and what you quote unquote deserve you gotta do something with that time maybe put it to use it doesn't mean you're there forever. And that's often the problem we get into, right? We assume today is somehow dictating the trajectory of the rest of our lives. Like I have this job that I'm in and it sucks. Therefore I'm doomed and I'll be here forever, right? Give it three months, put a time period in your head, three months. If I'm still not jiving with this in three months and, and, and some options are available, I'm gone. Just change your perspective. Look at everything kind of as a shorter term commitment. Your life is a long period of time. It's a long period of time. Even thinking a year ahead is kind of absurd because you don't know what's going to happen in a year. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Despite your desire to think you do. And that's the point, right? So it's just about going through it because you can until it changes until you change and it changes with you. That's the case. I've had jobs. It's so funny. I've, I've gone into jobs where there was this underlying tone of this sucks, right? Amongst everyone. And by month three, there was a certain degree more laughter, some levity, right? Because I took it with me into the job. So I changed the environment and then I left, right? So that's kind of the point is you learn from it. You it changes with you as long as you're in it for your own change and then it's gone. It changes into something else. And that's kind of, again, still a response to the view about advertising. We get it. It's an unfortunate thing. I totally understand it. If, if Andrew and I could, we'd make it so there was never any advertisements and we never had to pay rent. We could just live and talk to people for free all the time, nothing but food and abundance and, and lots of stuff for you to do that you enjoy and are passionate about so you don't have to work for money. Like it doesn't stop at us. If we could, we'd make it so none of us have to use this shit. But until we get there, we may as well use it against itself. Yeah, amen. And, and I'm seeing some comments in in here and i appreciate it 
uh, saying, you know, we don't have to defend ourselves or anything. And I don't think it's even that we're trying to defend ourselves. I think this is a topic and a conversation that a lot of people deal with and kind of struggle with when they're talking about this stuff and, and talking about the system and people get caught up and thinking like, I don't want to be a part of this. So I don't want to, you know, have to rely on money or have a job or charge people for things. And it's like, that is great in theory, but in reality, there is a balance. And that's, I think what we're trying to be an example of that. There is a balance that can be had where, you're using the system as opposed to the system using you. That's what I was saying. And, and you can actually, if you can use it to feed your ability to talk about how fucked it is and, and undermine it as it's ha- undermine it as it's happening, you know, there's a lot of cool react like recognitions about that. And it's a cool process to see that. But if you're so caught up in, you know, fuck the system it's so dark like and and really hung up on that impacting your ability to do anything then you're not going to be much good to any changes to that system if you're so concerned with how disgusting and awful it is all the time you're not going to have much energy to actually express anything that causes any change regarding it so you can understand how fucked it is. And we do understand that, but it's like, you can have that recognition and then sit, sit in it for a bit and then be like, okay, what can I do about it? Is sitting here, you know, bitching and moaning about how fucked the system is and saying that everything about it is awful and I'm not going to use ads and I'm not going to do this stuff. Is that the best way to have any impact on it? Or is it creating something that can use it to eventually, you know, undermine it and build enough of a community that we can actually see shifts in it. Cause there's not going to be many shifts if you're just bitching and moaning about it all the time and super concerned with, you know, is this conversation conscious enough? Are they checking all the boxes? Um, so yeah. Hey, yeah, I got it. No worries. <laughs> right. Ray's uh, got something he's got to check in on. So anyway, I just find it pretty uh, pretty funny when people bring those things up because I think there's a lot of concern. There's discomfort in when people when you have an idea of what a con- conscious conversation is and then it like doesn't check your boxes. It's like you, you just stop listening. It's like, oh, that doesn't meet my idea of what a conscious conversation is. It's like, you know exactly what a fucking con- conscious conversation is? Like, come on now. You clearly haven't listened to, I don't know, very much, many people talking about the reality of what consciousness is. So um, anyway. Uh, oh, you're still here. Okay, cool. <laughs> so anyway, um, what else? So yeah, we're not we're not necessarily defending anything. I think this is a common thing that people deal with is finding that balance and we're doing our best to find that balance and if you're more concerned about pointing (laughs) saying what's wrong with certain people than actually making changes like how much good are you really doing 
All right. I th- I think I covered that. And they also didn't leave. They're still they said they left probably to see what what else we would say. But if you got more thoughts, like we're happy to keep talking about it. But I feel like we covered covered that topic pretty well. Uh so yeah. I think so. In in general, again, it's I get it as a whole. However, and I just want to say this, um, if you would like to help support the effort, you can do so on Patreon or we have a workshop coming up in January on authentic coaching. Won't be any ads whatsoever during that workshop. If you'd like to buy the workshop after the fact, there are no ads whatsoever. And again, if you'd like to tune in on Twitter and or Facebook, there are no ads there either, or at least none that we benefit from. So I just wanted to let you know, because that's another unfortunate reality is that whether we're benefiting or benefiting or not, there are still ads. So it's an unfortunate, uh, I guess, necessity of the platform, but we're trying to do the best we can. So thank you for being here. And we appreciate your feedback very much. And I, I do want to say that we really do appreciate your feedback. It's not that we haven't considered the same. It really isn't. It, it's just, there it is. So if you have any more feedback, please do continue to comment. And we do appreciate you being here in the comment section, as with everybody who's responding. And we do appreciate everybody you know, basically saying or trying to, to uh, defend us. We appreciate it. Even though you're telling us not to defend ourselves, we really do appreciate the fact that, that, that you see where we're coming from and that you're doing your best to communicate that as well. Um, we're going to have to communicate this again, just so you know, it's going to continue to come up as we go forward, because that's part of this. There's a lot that goes into this, actually. I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit, because it's really important as we move forward to, I guess, recognize that as this discussion grows, as dualistic unity becomes more popular, let's just say, and more listeners start to tune in and join the community and whatnot, it's going to become very, very tempting to identify with the community. We don't want you to do that at all, right? It's going to be tempting to draw on the insights that we share here as a way of going out and combating the group, like the collective ego. And we don't need you to combat the collective ego. We just want you to benefit from the insights and share them where it's appropriate, where people are vulnerable and open to it. We're not trying to change the world. This is really important. I really, really want to stress this. Don't try to save or change the world by virtue of going out and affecting change. You can to some degree where it's necessary. You know, I've often said this, like, If you see something in front of you happening and and you can't, I guess, condone it rationally, consciously within yourself, do something, do something. That's great. It's in front of you. You have the ability to do so. But pitting yourself psychologically against the system does nothing but disempower you. It doesn't help. What it does is it cuts off your ability to see the opportunities that are in front of you. Because you'll be having a conversation and that person, okay, perfect example. I used to love going out ice fishing with a buddy of mine and we used to do it all the time. And unfortunately he was in forestry. So a part of his job was actually to go out to forests that had not been clear cut and identifying, identify areas for, for clear cutting, for logging to a large extent. And that really bothered me. It really hit out and just like, that sucks that like you're going out there to do this. And he's like, yeah, 
and it, the, I got to eat. Right. And I'm going up and down, like, how do you justify this and everything else within myself? And what I realized was that it was getting harder to communicate with my friend. It was harder to empathize with my friend. It was harder to get any, any insight across to my friend because I was coming from a place that was removed from the necessities of his life. I was judging him based on my own preferences, based on what I thought the system should be doing in a short period of time, running on my schedule as it is. And so I could see that my efforts to want to change society was undermining, undermining my ability to change society by, by interacting with it. And, and, and by the end of it, we had a really good friendship over that period of time that inevitably led him to reconsider his position down the road, whether it was because of me or because of the fact that I didn't judge him for it. And so he wasn't defending himself as much because that's another important thing is that the more you're attacking somebody's position, the more you're judging them for it, the more they dig in, the more they resist, the more they hold on to it to spite you. And that's why it's so important when you're coming across to people, for example, telling them that they shouldn't be using ads because it's not a conscious thing to do, to try and recognize where they're coming from, right? Because then there's much more chance that they will listen to you as opposed to making you the problem when you're trying to point out a problem, right? And that's the thing. So through relationship, people come to trust you. People come to be more open to you and your point of view, which is how you can affect change it is through being the kind of person that people want to listen to, being the kind of person that people want to be open with. It's not about attacking them or the world. It, it doesn't work. I know. It's a really good point. I think that's something that I get caught up in, especially with my family, talking about stuff. And it makes me wonder like how much that's still my like my opinion of the you know right way to go about things or the wrong things to think or whatever like how much of that is still story of andrew i'm holding on to and how much when we get defensive about things we can kind of feel a little bit of you know emotion inside of us which happens to me a lot um how much of that is still the story that i'm that i'm clinging to and the reality of it as like you just i was just reflecting on this as you were talking because it hit for me was like what am i actually doing when i get caught up in that it's not to say that there's anything wrong with feeling emotions or getting worked up or anything but do you have the the clarity of mind to recognize what's actually happening as opposed to or are you so clouded by your opinion of the way you think things should be happening and it comes up in so many different ways because yeah with especially with my family i'll get worked up about certain things that you know i think are absurd but it's like regardless of if it actually is absurd what's the impact that's actually being had and if i'm worked up and getting overwhelmed it's like We've talked about this. There's a time and a place for that, but it's probably less often than you think 
significantly less often than you think for actual impacts to be had. And when I when I look back on conversations that I've had, it's like the ones that have actually had impact are the very calm ones where I wasn't trying to have an impact at all. I was just having a conversation about something that they happened to. Usually it's when someone else comes to me with a question and I'm not, you know, in a emotional state at all. And so it, oh, fuck. It makes me wonder, like, if you're in an emotional state, I guess besides enthusiasm, if you're in an emotional state of any sort of, like, anger or even even passion to a degree, does that completely distort the message, like, does it distort the message that you're getting the cross or, or the intention of it? Like how much of that could be, maybe not passion, but. Oh, I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah. You know, and I would say that I would say it depends. I would say it depends. I think it depends if you're lost in it or not. Right. And I mean, while you're going through the communication, you know that feeling when you get so lost in your emotions, like you can feel your your blood pressures rise and you're getting a little amped up. You're not listening, like you're not you're not paying attention to how it's landing. I right? know that well. Yes. As opposed to when you're passionate, but you're you're aware, you're not lost in it. Like you're you're still using that passion, you're still using those emotions, even sadness and anger to some degree, to bring across what you're talking about. It's almost like swearing. For example, you know, swearing will emphasize a certain point. Well, so will certain emotions, right? And so you can actually, they actually become part of your communication because to purely communicate through language is another superficial form of communication. We're, we're communicating with language and emotion and, and, and movement all the time, right? But we don't look at it that way. So yeah, I would say the, the danger is in getting lost in it right? Where it's, it's running you as opposed to informing you. Because I think that so long as you're focused on yourself, you're still making it your emotions as opposed to being free of that. And then just feeling emotion, the flow. Once again, I think that changes things. Yeah. And I guess it's like, are you, what is your end game here? Like what's, what's your end game of this conversation? And could it be that having an end game distorts it completely? Like just the idea of, of, I mean, the obvious ones are trying to, trying to be right. Like that's obviously going to distort it, but even trying to get, trying to get them to understand what you're saying also distorts it. Maybe not to the extreme degree of trying to be correct or your opinion being deemed correct, but I guess, I mean, maybe it's along the similar vein, I think they're very close. And then just having it for the sake of having it without an end game, without a goal to the discussion or the conversation is where impact is actually had. Because when there's a, when there's a goal in mind or an intention even to get someone to understand something, it's going to distort it. Because there's immediately the dichotomy. There's immediately the perception of division 
oh, fuck. So like if you're having a conversation with an end goal in mind, you're immediately perceiving this person as another, as an other person, as opposed to just talking to yourself. If you're just talking to yourself, there's no end game to that. You're just having the conversation. And that's where impacts are actually had. Because if you're seeing them as you, that gives them the opportunity to see you as them. And that's, you know, the the end game, but it can't be that's the, the end beginning game. of the journey, in my opinion. <laughs> that's where things change and we can actually see what's possible, right? Is is getting there. Like that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning when we can actually recognize one another as what we are and move forward through life like that. Like our history doesn't in any way encapsulate that possibility it doesn't even talk about that possibility like we literally consider that to be a utopian vision it's not right it, and that's kind of the funny part about this is that people are like oh this is a conversation about non-duality no it's really not it really is just a conversation about empathy and attention you know and and suffering and awareness and love you can say it's about non-duality because we talk about some of those things because we bring in that language from time to time, but you could equally say it's about religion or spirituality or the system or anything because we talk about all those things too. It's really just a conversation about life. That's all it's meant to be for its own sake. We're not trying to get anywhere. We're not trying to get you anywhere. We're just here now talking about it. And you're here now listening about it, talking to yourself, going. Yeah, that's a good point, Ray. Yeah, like raise an actual thing. And you're not just agreeing with something that you already feel. It's fun. It's fun to do this, right? But you got to take it out into the world with you. And that's the perception. That's, that's understanding your perception is not the truth. Your perception of division is not the truth. Your perception of other people as you is not the truth. You actually have to let go of that too in order to talk to other people as you. Because as long as you're trying to talk to people as you, you're focusing on the concept of you, and that's not you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, there's some conversations going on in the chat about family and how it's harder, you know, harder to get through with family. And and I'm with you there. I think there's a lot more layers with family than there is with any other relationship there because it's people that have been with you you know the whole time for the most part or at least you know start of your life for the most part and so and there's a lot of there's a lot of i guess i guess labels in a way you know mom dad brother sister family share a last name and and all that stuff there's there's so many layers beyond just you know meeting a stranger and having a conversation with them there's a lot more there and just like if you're someone who holds on to a lot of beliefs ideas about yourself perceptions whatever there's a lot of layers that you know you got to work through to recognize that oh that's not the truth of what i am that's not the truth of what i am that's not the truth of what i am so anytime you're interacting with family as well it's the same type of layered things and they have an idea of you you have an idea of them and it's and i've talked we've talked about this before when when you get pushback when you start to change or have, think different things 
you're changing the people around you's environment. You're changing their reality when you change because you are part of their reality. And so it's almost inevitable that there's going to be some response to that if you're no longer fitting the idea that they hold on to. And if you're cha- like if you're recognizing that you're not an idea and you're changing all the time and willing to talk about one thing, learn something new and realize, oh, I was wrong about that. And then talk about it in a completely different way. Like that's going to send them for a fucking loop. You're going to be like, well, I had this whole idea of you. And then yesterday you said this and and now you're saying this. And it's like, I can't handle all that. It's like, yeah, I'm changing. I'm growing. I'm learning. That's what's happening all the time. But we hold on to these is, you know, I'm I'm this. And so because we hold on to the idea of ourself so solidly. So if you're someone who's letting go more and more of the idea of yourself, you're going to be tapping in closer to the flow of reality and learning and growing at a much more rapid rate than someone who's clinging very tightly to the idea of themselves or their, their idea of the way that reality is because it makes them comfortable. So if you're changing even just changing your own viewpoints and then talking about it they're going to have a lot of pushback and so i think family is definitely a spot that you know is difficult for a lot of people and that's why what we were just talking about i think it's so important to not try to change them like they're already having a tough enough time with you changing yourself for yourself to then go and try and have an impact on them with an intention of changing them. It's like a lot of times they they'll just completely shut down and you won't have any connection anymore. So it's like, obviously be free in yourself, recognize the change in yourself, but going beyond that. And right now I'm just talking to myself again, because this is something that I'm seeing a lot more clearly right now is that I, you don't have to, try and get them to understand anything. And by doing so, you're just cutting them off further. You're just making it more and more difficult to actually connect with another iteration of themselves. Because if you're even expressing that to them, you don't have to say that to recognize it and interact in that way. And all of a sudden you're, you're interacting with significantly more empathy and compassion, which actually creates a connection there as opposed to the disconnect that comes with trying to get someone to see something your way. It's like, you're just clinging to the story again, and you're distorting the entire message. So yeah, I feel you with it being tougher with family. There's a lot of reasons for that. And I think that's why it's even more important to not try to change people to the way you think they should be seeing things. Because again, even just saying that, it's pretty obvious why that's going to be fucked and, and blow up in your face. Even even trying to share the changes for yourself as opposed to just being it. Because that's that's another step that makes could potentially make them even more uncomfortable and people are fragile. And so tread lightly, but don't be afraid to shine brightly, I guess. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
I guess it's kind of important to recognize too that not everybody wants to change and that's okay, right? I understand it's a shame. I understand that to some degree you're like, but life could be so good. But I think that's the question. Do you want them to change for them or do you want them to change for you? Do you want them to change so that way they can match some ideal you have of the relationship that would exist if they did change? Because that's still for you at the end of the day. And your life is going to be okay, even if that change never happens. Really important to recognize that. Even if these people that we're thinking about, even if these family, family members were con to continue to be the way they are for the rest of your life, that's okay too. The question is, how much are you attaching to them joining you on your path? And that's a really important question because the farther down this path you go, the more you're almost going to want people to come with you. And it'd be really nice if it was the people that you knew the best or the people you already felt attached to. That would be fantastic. I think everybody wants that to be able to take, you know, their mom and their brother or their dad or, or, or their best friend since childhood along this path to freedom with them. Unfortunately, just because you feel that way about them, that doesn't dictate anything about the path that they're on. And the path that you're on of recognizing freedom, unity, whatever you want to call it, being, is one that requires you to be self-responsible and walk that path alone. And that doesn't mean there aren't going to be people who walk with you but you're going to appreciate them because of that mentality of self-responsibility, because of that mentality of unity, because of that mentality of being on your own and you will walk with other people. It's a paradoxical thing, right? But not everybody's meant to be on this path. Not, not everybody wants to be on this path. And at the moment, not everybody sees the benefit of whatever this path is. And I say path again, kind of tongue in cheek. We're not going anywhere. We're already here. Um, but that's going to change over time. The environment will change over time. You know, I don't know, a third of the population of the world didn't always, wasn't always Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like that grew over time. And so like everything else, it's just a matter of waiting it out and recognizing your environment, aligning with it rather than trying to dominate it, right? Because there's that, that's often driven by fear of things not changing and often by selfishness. At the end of the day, and that's that's a hard conversation about how much of it is selfishness, how much of it comes back to you and your desire, how much of it comes back to you and the change that you want to happen as opposed to the change that you're a part of happening. So it just comes down to uh, awareness and sensitivity and, and not judging yourself regardless. Yeah. Uh, so the, the interesting part I'm finding very interesting that I don't think has hit me is that if nothing changed about society, if you can recognize that you would be okay. If no one around you ever changed, if nothing shifted, you would be okay. And it's like the paradox of that recognition and letting all that weight of needing the change to drop allows for the change to actually happen. But it, it's when, as soon as it's like, as soon as you let go, I'm thinking of like, this could be in a movie where someone's trying to change everything. And then they're like, oh, I don't have to. 
oh, I would be okay if nothing ever shifted or changed. And all of a sudden they're, it's like tapping into a completely different energy capacity. Like you're, you're plugging into a totally different battery than you've been running on the, the deadbeat shitty one your whole life trying to change everyone and everything. And all of a sudden it's like you disconnect and just tap into infinite energy supply because it's not with a desire to change anyone or anything or any aspect of society. It's like in a letting go of that need because it's still a need. If you're doing anything, having conscious conversations for the sake of changing, yeah, who, who am I trying to change? Like, oh, fuck. As soon as you think that you're trying to change someone else, you're missing it yourself. It's like that. Changing. Yeah. It's like that fucking collective ego coming in the back door being like, oh, you're trying to change the world because you still think you're you. You're still holding on to the story. Oh, man. I even got to let that one go. (laughs) But it makes sense. That's that right there. What you just said. Even that. There are so many moments along this this journey where you're like, I even got to let go of that. And it's not that you got to. You don't have to. By any means. You can. It's not something that most people do kind of curious what would happen it's got to come from enthusiasm yeah oh fuck this is because my family's still here like we're here over the holidays for the next week this is going to change my entire week i'm not lying because there you get so much fucking so many fucking conversations where i get emotional and and aggressive about stuff and holy i'm feeling a weight falling off of me right now like i would everything would i would be okay if nothing changed if no one changed if no one understood anything i ever said it doesn't even matter and and the intention of me trying to get them to understand what i'm saying get anyone to understand anything that i'm saying is going to distort the kind of purity of the message or the lack of friction between the message that I'm understanding and the way it's being expressed and to think that, oh, I have to change this or shift this for to get someone to understand is like, there's a lack of faith in myself as them. Lack of faith. And I'm saying myself, not as Andrew, but in the people that I interact with through thinking that I have to distort the message that I'm expressing to and I hate to say this because it sounds super fucking egotistical, but to like dumb it down for people to understand, thinking that I have to do it to make it more palatable. It's like, no, you can just talk about it for yourself and allow for them to hear it as they will. But but also like understanding where people are at and and not to disregard dumb it down that's a stupid fucking phrase to use shift it so that it could potentially be more broadly understandable to someone who still thinks they are what they think they are yeah that's why jesus spoke in parables 
right? That's why he told stories, right? He was trying to make it relatable, something that anybody could understand. You didn't have to be steeped in the non-duality philosophy in order to get this conversation. You didn't have to understand the ego or any of that, right? It's just about life. That's really all about, that's all it's about. And it's funny because we want it to be more complicated to some degree. We want it to be about these lofty ideals about society aligning with God and all that, because it sounds great. It's all very shiny, very much like, you know, Jesus being the only child of God. It's a very shiny story, but the reality is what's right in front of you. The reality is you. The reality is what you're doing with this moment, whether or not you're judging yourself based on a fiction or just being. And whether or not you're judging the person who's talking to you because they're judging you or recognizing where it comes from and not letting it get to you. you know, I, I love the transformative power when you meet somebody who's very angry or upset about something and they're trying to make a beef with you. Like they're trying to make it personal because that's how they're projecting it. Like if it's about you, it's not about me. And you just stop without taking any offense and just ask them honestly, are you okay? You watch that shit. It's magic. It's magic. Sometimes, sometimes they're too far gone, but often it's exactly what they want to hear. Are you okay? And they don't even know it because they're suffering. Right? And they don't want to make it about them. They don't want to make it about the mentality that they're participating in that's causing that suffering. So it's got to be about you. And if you're getting all pissed off about them judging you, you're playing the part. You're giving them that chance to blame you. Right? So do you want to just be the projection of their need to escape? Or do you want to actually be useful? In which case, let go of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like what? what is the actual impact that's being had by going along with it? It's like, again, nothing wrong necessarily with it at all, but do you have the clarity to recognize where the impact is? Cause at the end of the day, we don't know what any impact is going to be had about anything, but, you can know if you've done it a number of times before and reacted and responded in a certain way that's gotten a certain response and a certain reaction back to it that it probably will again. And it's not that you have to do it to try and get a different response or message, but you can do it just to try it out. Like give it, like use every interaction as an experiment. Be like, hmm, I haven't responded in this way before. Let's see what happens here. But so many of us get so, because we're so habitual, we get so caught up in, in just having that reaction that we've done hundreds of times and gotten the same response every single time. It's like we're so caught up in it. We don't even see an ability to respond any differently because we're attached to it. And as you said before, like lost in it. We're lost in it. And that's where the the potential danger is, is being so lost in it that it's almost like you're not even there anymore. It's very much like you're not even there anymore. And that's, I think, where, you know, on the extreme of, of fits of rage, it's like they're not there. 
anymore, which That's is interesting. Why so many murders are, are crimes of passion. Right. Because they don't have the clarity to understand what the impact actually could be. And they just are taken over by like being an emotion in that. And, and they take it to the end of that. And I think that was even just for me with, with anger. Cause I, when I was younger, I would get pretty angry about stuff. And when I started meditating, like I, I was able to kind of see the emotion as it, or actually feel it as opposed to always just being lost in it and just allowing it to, to take me with it. it. It was like, I had more awareness of it and that's sort of a, you know, potential step on there is just even just recognizing it and then recognizing how lost you can get in it and that you don't have to ever like, and as soon as it, as soon as you start feeling it, you can kind of see it for what it is and have that understanding. Like, I don't have to let this take me. Yes and no. Um, I wish that were the case. I wish it was that easy. I, I really do, but it's kind of like um, overindulgence, right? Often we try to steer ourselves away from overindulgence. Oh, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. But you're being drawn to it just for a certain reason. And, and sometimes the only way to see that reason is to overindulge. But with eyes open, right? And then going, oh, 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 oh I see. <laughs> oh, shit, there's a consequence here. Maybe I should stop doing that. But telling yourself you shouldn't for some hypothetical reason that you probably got from someone else unfortunately doesn't actually teach you much right in long term it's going to come out somewhere else is i guess what i'm saying right and so for emotions sometimes the only way to learn about them is to get lost in them and that's our development as human beings children get super lost in, in emotions you ever see a toddler throw a fit there's there's no pulling them back man they are going deep and, and it's because they're, they're just lost. It's totally new as an experience. They're like, oh my God, right? It's like, it's like excitement or, or fun. That's another thing that, that uh, toddlers, like they get addicted to this idea that every time they see friends, it's about having the most fun as possible. And it's almost jarring to them as their friends start to become more complicated. And then all of a sudden they're, they're not having as much fun. The conversations are becoming a little bit deeper and it's changing in tone as they start to adapt into like adolescents and teenagers. There's almost this, this loss of, what happened to just playdates being about having fun? It's like, right? That's that's life, and it's again, we almost feel a loss because we're like, but that was such an accessible feeling. I could have just tapped into it and lost myself in it, and then I did for so long. It's like, yeah, but you got lost in it, and that's like it's like running too fast when you're really a really little kid. You're running too fast down a hill. Like, wee, this is the best feeling until you face plant or scrape your knees, right? And, and then you're like. I should slow down. Getting lost in this feeling has consequences, right? And so it's it's like that for all of our emotions, you know, including, and I'm going to say this, despite the fact that I know a good sizable portion of our audience won't like it, um, including crying. I want to say that because crying is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful release of emotions. It's a wonderful release of stress. It's a wonderful release as a whole. It can also be super addictive. It can become addictive as a form of feeling like you're releasing something despite continuing the same pattern. 
So just be aware that sometimes you can actually start to count on that good cry when the cry itself wasn't necessary had you taken the opportunity to change after the last release, right? And, and so we almost get to this point where we think that some emotional catharsis is going to be there forever. There's always going to be some path to me going, ah, oh, yeah, I can release this now. But the whole point is that there doesn't have to be. You don't have to accumulate anything at all. You can get to the point where, you know, you, it's not to say you won't cry, just that it won't be the same necessary relief that you're currently perceiving it as, right? Because the root or the root problem that created that necessary belief isn't necessarily going to be there if you work on it. Mm, that's I like all of that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes me wonder with those types of things because usually when crying comes up, it, it's from a buildup to some degree, and then a letting go. And it's like it's almost like a dam. I think of like a dam in a river. It's like when there's a lot of built up, and then you release it. It's like there's a there's a heavy flow <laughs> um there's a heavy flow of emotions and whatnot in the form of tears but as you recognize the impact of that and the releasing feels good like it always feels good to release and so when when we recognize that and see it for what it is um we can see that, you know, the buildup isn't quite so nice. I'm in a really tough time. I'm such, my mind's in the gutter and I can't get out of it. <laughs> I started and I was like, fuck. All right. Oh. I'm not saying anyway. Don't Don't worry me. <laughs> oh, I, I'm like build up, release always <laughs> anyway see and there's, get... there's the comic relief right like all of a sudden yeah. we're getting deep into the emotional stuff <laughs> and and it's almost like an instinct to okay let's pull out of that a little bit let's uh you gotta you gotta pull out from time to time you know give yourself some some recuperation period i'm just saying <laughs> uh you said you're not saving me but you're not yeah, you're, you're sending me. No, I'm the worst person for that. You know that. <laughs> A- absolutely. Absolutely. Like, why not make it worse? <laughs> but that's it. Comic relief is a huge help. I prefer comic relief to uh, tears as a whole. Sometimes I, I'll laugh so hard I'll cry, which is an even better feeling. Absolutely. But um, the emotional release that goes with tears is often associated with weight that's carried over a long period of time. And that weight is often self-judgment. It's something that, that, that comes from trauma. It's something that comes, it's, it's unwelcome. And, and so I find that crying can be very useful that way. So can laughing though, because if you can laugh at it, you've disempowered it to an even larger degree. Now it's not just something you can let go of. It's something you don't actually have to build up again. Right? And it's okay to laugh at the absurdity. Like I laugh at myself when I start taking myself too seriously, right? Or I'm trying to be right. I'll, I'll have a moment where I'm like, ah, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. And, and in, there's a moment where I could judge myself or I could laugh at myself. 
take a little lighter and still be aware of it, which changes it, right? So it's just about tone. It really is just about that light touch. And that comes from largely understanding that you can't be threatened, largely understanding that these emotions aren't gonna just take you on a ride all the time, just because they have. And that's another thing to keep in mind. And often um, some of our anxiety will come from this, the fear of emotions. I don't want to be afraid. I'm, a fear, I'm afraid of my fear. That's, that's a terrible place to be, right? I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to get angry. It's also a terrible place to be. If you're going to get angry, you're going to get angry, in which case keep your eyes open and don't think you shouldn't be angry, but definitely look at why you're angry and whether or not it's helping. Because that's a big part of anger is that while it's an, an awesome motivator to some degree, it's a sloppy motivator. It really does have repercussions because again, you're lost in it. That's the thing about anger, right? Anger, fear, desire, all these things, you get super lost in them because they define you, right? So there's a double-edged sword there. You're in them, they're in you. That's the danger, right? Whereas the other emotions that you start getting to like acceptance, you know, uh, love, joy, all these other things, um, there isn't so much you there. That's why you're experiencing them, right? They're totally different types of emotions. We should talk about that one day. Yeah, definitely. It makes me think of back uh, when I was younger, I played hockey for about 10 years and it's a pretty aggressive sport. Like there's a lot of contact and, and hitting and uh, emotion. It's kind of like, football in that way i guess but even it's, it's a different type of thing and so i i remember because i would you know anger was a big not a huge thing i'm making it sound like i was a super angry kid i i would just get lost in it from time to time and so when i played hockey like i loved the physical nature of it like i was hockey players typically skew a lot of times a little bit smaller there's always like the bigger guys but yeah i was probably i was close to Five ten, five eleven, six foot. When I was in getting into high school, and so I was one of the bigger guys, and I enjoyed hitting people. And so it was interesting, though, when something would happen, like a guy would hit me, and there would be the anger built up in me. There were kind of two ways that I could express it. I could go after a guy and try and hit them, and a lot of times it would lead to getting a penalty, or I could like focus that on trying to score. And, and it's like, that's what I think of when having the clarity of mind to like, oh, there's something in me. Like, am I going to try and get back at the person or am I, am I going to make them really pay by using it to score on them? And then there isn't that like personal vendetta against them, but like there is, but you're using it for everyone's on your side's benefit, you know, on your team playing a sport, as opposed to at their cost, if you go at that person and do something outrageous and get a penalty, you know, hit them when they don't have the puck or something. And so, okay, that I, I that kind of came to mind as you were talking about being able to use it because the anger itself isn't the issue. It's the getting lost in it. And I think that's something our society and even as i was just expressing i was expressing anger 
as being something that's wrong. You know, you have awareness of it and then you don't have to let it take you as much, but it's like you can have awareness of it and still use it as opposed to, I think the distinction is just awareness of it so that it doesn't use you and you're lost in it. Because if you have the awareness of it, it's not that you have to avoid it and immediately be like, oh, think happy thoughts, be peaceful, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm fucking angry. But if you have the clarity of mind, you can use because that is a lot of like energy that you can tap into with that. It's like, if you're clear enough, you can use it in a functional way as opposed to a detrimental way. Yeah, because with it goes adrenaline. Right. So all of a sudden you actually are more powerful. You actually are tapping into something and your body is physically reflecting that. So there's, there's a lot of temptation there. Absolutely. Um, I would say that it's not nearly as insidious or as dangerous as pride. Pride is an emotion that's epically easy to get lost in and to think it's a positive because there are numerous positives of it and also numerous negatives, right? There's a certain uh, cost to empathy. There's a certain cost to, to your awareness of others, right? And, and of course, you're still valuating yourself. You're still holding yourself um, as something that can be raised or lowered in terms of, of your value. And that's the problem with pride. You're like, look at me. I'm awesome because of such and such and such and such. And that's the danger. Right. So we'll have to get that, get into that in another session. Um, I just want to mention here before we wrap up in about seven or eight minutes that uh, this has been a blast. Uh, we're going to be continuing on after this at the top of the hour on Patreon. It's a tier one group today. So everybody uh, who's a supporter on Patreon, which is only $5 a month, can participate in this group. We do this numerous times per week. It's always a lot of fun. If you'd like to be on the screen with us, ask us questions, make jokes with us laugh at us as we avoid uncomfortable conversations from time to time, that kind of thing. You can be in this with us. Um, the videos are not publicly viewable, but we do post them after the fact on Patreon. So there is about 250 plus hours of group discussions that you can access as a Patreon supporter right now. You can watch any of them. And those conversations, in my opinion, are way more interesting. And it's because, not because Andrew's not interesting, but because we're addressing so many different people from so many different points in their life that the conversation becomes almost an organic thing. We enjoy the conversation because it's so interesting how one person's life will coincide with what somebody else is going through, which will coincide with what somebody else is going through. And we'll notice this from group to group to group to group. You actually start to see that this is a larger conversation than just two people having a podcast or just you trying to interact with the people around you. We are all part of a larger discussion. And it's really evident when most of us or when more of us come together to have that discussion and you start watching awareness bounce from person to person or mouth to mouth as these insights are being communicated and grown and shared. It's intense. So we'd love to see you there. If you can join us, patreon.com slash dualistic unity. Uh, we still do have another five minutes. I just wanted to throw that in quickly. Yeah. Love, love the Patreon groups. Those are always a blast. And yeah, as I've said many times, probably my favorite form of content. Those conversations are always a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, going back to pride, that's interesting. I've, I've never really thought about it too much in depth, but it makes sense because 
anytime you're prideful of something, it's not actually prideful in yourself. It's prideful in ideas that you've attached to yourself. And therefore, it's very unstable and can be shaken very, very easily because pride's on that, you know, just as an understanding relatively, pride's pretty low on that scale of consciousness, right? Well, it's the highest of the egotistical emotions. Oh, really? Right before 200. It's right before courage. Huh. That makes me wonder, like, between those two, I guess, you know, and the scale is not just like, you know, fine lines and, and objective distinction between them because a prideful person can have a lot of courage as well. How do you rooted. think they got to the point where they have so many accomplishments, right? Like, that's the thing is you look at it as, as a, a chart of momentum. That's how I see it more than anything else. When I look at that, that, scart, uh, that chart of consciousness, I see a chart of momentum from the very lowest being apathy and guilt. You have no momentum there. You're totally self-obsessed to the point of, of judging yourself into a dark, cold oblivion. And then as you start to gain momentum, you start to desire things. And you're like, okay, so there's a little forward, forward momentum because you're chasing something, right? Before desire is fear, which is really interesting, right? Because fear, again, will get you going, but grudgingly. Right? It'll get you moving, but not in a direction that has any clarity. You're just trying to escape something, right? And then desire, now you're chasing something, right? Then anger after desire is another force where now it's not even about chasing something so much as doing it for you because God damn it, you've worked fucking hard enough and why not? And there's so much anger that goes behind that, right? Like you're just like, I can do this. I can do this, fuck everyone else, fuck it. And you can do it, right? And so you find yourself pushing through and there's that momentum of getting more and more. And now you're accomplishing things because you're learning how to use that anger. Like you said, you're not just falling victim to it unless you are, in which case you're gonna drop right back down to fear and desire in a very short period of time. But if you're using it, to accomplish things, then you start realizing you can accomplish things. You start looking at your potential. All of a sudden you start to feel a little bit more pride. You're not as angry anymore. You're like, wow, I'm not nearly the limited piece of shit that I've been viewing myself as. Look at all of the things I've done. What a beautiful feeling that is. And the real challenge at that point is to recognize it's not the things that you've accomplished that make that true. Are you willing to let those things go? And would you feel diminished by them leaving? And that's why pride is such a hard one to get past because it's a voluntary act. You have to let go of the idea that your accomplishments mean anything about you and go through life without the carrot or the stick. Yeah, because as you tie that worth to the accomplishments, it's the failures are the same exact side of the coin. Like you can't have one without the other. So as you get caught up in that, then it, you're constantly still afraid and you're limiting yourself by such a extreme degree to just such a, not only a limited source of energy, but a limited idea and, and potential to do anything as opposed to being able to recognize that you can do anything just because you can, not because it ties into your worth whatsoever. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, again, it's, it's something that 
just to re- reiterate to anyone listening, the scale of consciousness is not like somewhere that you're stagnant on. It's like a constant fluctuation and more just something fun to reference and talk about as opposed to, you know, measuring yourself on it. But it is really like interesting. Yang, right. Like yeah. you can look at the yin yang as, as evidence of your polarity, but as soon as you start identifying with one side, you're missing the point entirely right that's it it's just food for thought anybody who's reading uh, reading power versus force and i know somebody is from the comment section right now just recognize it's not absolute truth there's a lot of bullshit in there take it with a grain of salt for sure it's still peppered with one man's perception of himself and his end goal of trying to fix things so there's still distortion in there but the scale itself is really interesting when you look at it and you see how it connects to your life and the emotional spectrum you go through yeah definitely food for thought worth chewing on at least but don't take everything in that book as truth as with everything grain of salt as with everything so that all said we are going to wrap up this episode of dualistic unity raw um this has been fun just a quick reminder that the retreat tickets for the second dualistic unity retreat are now available on the website Check them out, dualisticunity.com. You'll find it under events or in the store. Uh, we also have an authentic workshop, an authentic coaching workshop that's coming up January 14th and 15th. Tickets are also available on the website. If you have any questions, do reach out to us on Discord or Patreon, which is where we're going to be in about 10 minutes. All right. Bye, everyone.